we watched how other dealers in the motorcycle industry did business and we said hey we, we you know if we ever do this we want to do it differently and i think we've done a good job of doing it differently and, and now we're starting to see other dealers around the state starting to uh, imitate some of the things that we did just a regular gym routine. When was the last time you checked on your financial fitness? If you're feeling like you're falling behind, Ed Sedell is here to help with The Retirement Trainer, a podcast about helping you get into better financial shape. Every week, Ed talks about things you need to know to become more financially fit for your future. Learn about things like how much money will you need, financial mistakes other people often make, and how you can avoid them. Plus, details on the retirement fitness plan, a plan Ed personally created to help you get to and through retirement by focusing on five key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan when you visit egsifinancial.com and click on processes. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to The Retirement Trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. It's The Retirement Trainer with Ed Siddell, a podcast about finding ways to help you become financially fit for your future, no matter what financial shape you're in now. 2020 was a challenging year for a lot of people, and in particular, small businesses. EGSI Financial believes in giving back to the community that has supported us for nearly 20 years. And as part of that, we're starting a campaign called Giving Back to Small Businesses. What we're going to do is highlight two small businesses every month on our podcast, Ed Siddell, The Retirement Trainer, which is on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Play, and everywhere you listen to podcasts to learn about these small businesses, what kept them going and succeeding during COVID-19. Our goal is to promote and learn the lessons of these small businesses so other business owners can draw upon their experiences and lessons to enhance their own situation. Today, we have Chris Jones joining us on our podcast. He's the founder and president of Iron Pony right here in Columbus, Ohio. I'm Leanne Sedell, and here to help us with all our questions and to give us some guidance to help us stay in the best financial shape possible, that retirement trainer, Ed Sedell. Hi, Ed. Hi, Chris. Hey, Leanne. Good morning. How are you? Chris, welcome. Good morning. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Certainly. Well, you know, really, the, the reason we wanted to have you on the show is um, you guys really came out of last year doing doing really well. And, you know, the whole purpose of this podcast, you know, this series is for people to, to learn from, you know, people like yourself and in businesses, you know, what you did, um, you know, how you did it. And, you know, but more importantly, you know, what got you into this business? I mean, Iron Pony is a huge, huge motorcycle dealership, you know, one of the largest, uh, if not the largest in the Midwest and in the country. Um, so tell us, you know, how did you, how did you even start getting into to motorcycles? It's not just motorcycles. <laughs> yeah, motorcycles were a later a later addition. Actually, it, the way it started is kind of interesting. Uh, my father and, and uh, two partners um, had a number of Napa uh, Jabra Auto Parts stores around Columbus, and and Iron Pony was just a small offshoot of um, in in a couple of their 
uh, Napa locations that were selling motorcycle parts and, you know, even at that time, uh, van accessories. And, and as a young uh, man following my father around to the stores, I had to do things like, uh, you know, mow the grass and, you know, take out the trash and all those type of those, those type of things, but the the motorcycle side was was just so much cooler than the old style uh, auto parts store that my stores that my dad and his partners had. Um, you know, the, the the Iron Pony side had apparel, helmets. Um, a, 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 to me, a lot more of exciting. You know, motorcycles pulling up, and and uh, unfortunately, as you know, some larger um, auto parts stores. You know, moved into Columbus, and, and and of course, there's huge chains for those now that there weren't back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, the auto parts stores went by the wayside, but I, I just kind of kept Iron Pony going in in, in his last Napa uh, location after it closed. And and as I started college, I I would go down and just open Iron Pony from. I would schedule all my classes, uh, you know, before noon and go try to open it from you know noon until uh, you know whenever we quit dealing with customers. So that's kind of how it you know how it got going and and. Uh, you know, never, you'd always, always hoped it would grow large, but boy, for a lot of years, it was, it was sure a small thing. <laughs> so, I mean, this has really been your life's work. I mean, you know, ever since you were absolutely paying your dues, if you will, right? <laughs> absolutely. I, I think one of the, one of the nicest things I ever heard is that uh, one of the uh, Iron Pony Christmas parties a few years ago, um, one of my first bosses, Alan Schatz, it's now our, our uh, general manager, he told the story to everybody at the Christmas party that, you know, he never forgot many, many years ago when I was across the street in, in, in our original location that I used to look over at the uh, Kmart that building that we're now in. And I said, one day, um, I'm going to own that building and we're going to put Iron Pony over there. Wow. And, you know, he, he, he was like, he goes, I thought he, he was the craziest kid. And, and he goes, look what happened now. So. It was like it was. It was just really, really heartwarming, and uh, it's kind of neat that he remembered that. So that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. And and you know, uh, you and and Tammy. So Tammy is your your life partner, business partner as well. I you know, and forgive me for saying this, you're you're at least your better half, if not more, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. She uh, she came into my life at a at a perfect time, and and uh, uh, I, my ability was more on the sales end, and. and and uh, she brought a lot of structure and and uh, design and, and ultimately uh, some uh, accounting acumen. And uh, then one of our, our first employees when he was young at 14, Corey is now our CFO. You know, he, then he brought even more accounting acumen to the to the business. And uh, it, it's been a it's been a perfect match. Those those two really. Uh, you know, pick up on my, you know, pick up uh, or have strengths where some of my weaknesses are. And it's, it's been a great combination. Wow. So Corey's been there since he was 14 years old. Absolutely. He, wow. he, uh, he started when he was 14 and I hate saying it. He did the same things I did. You know, I mean, his first <laughs> job when he came in was clean the restaurant, take the trash out. And, uh, uh, you know, we look back and we, we, you know, we laugh about it and he, you know, he left us, um, for a couple of years. He, when he, uh, you know, got his accounting degree, uh, you know, at Ohio State, you know, he went on and uh, worked for a, a, a title agency here in town. And, and, you know, we weren't big enough to really bring him back at the time. And when we finally said, okay, we're going to grow this thing, you know, he was the first person I went to. And, and, and thank gosh, he, uh, you know, he joined us. And it, it's just been perfect because, you know, he is uh, such a, a wonderful a motorcycle rider, off-road, on-road, um, could probably actually have been a racer if he wasn't so good at accounting. And, uh, you know, when he came back to join us, things really took off. I, I, I like to say and tell people the story that uh, Tammy and Corey take kind of my crazy, 
growth ideas in our industry and explain them to the bank. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> uh, see, and, and, you know, and that's probably one of the, the, the coolest things, you know, having been around you guys over the last couple of years, um, the, the culture that you have there, um, the longevity of the employees, um, like yourself, like Corey, and it's just, there's example after example after example. And, and I, you know, I really think that that probably plays a huge, huge part in your success. But, you know, that's, that's a big credit to, to you and Tammy as well, because people don't stick around if, if you're not taking care of them and, and, you know, they having don't feel a, valued. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. <laughs> so how did you go from, um, where you were to, to expanding and, and, you know, becoming the, the size that you are today? Well, you know, for a, once, uh, I, when I met Tammy, we actually, she joined, joined me at Iron Pony and we, we kind of got it going and it started doing fairly well. Then, you know, the first Iraq war kind of hit. And, but once we got things going well, then all of a sudden at the time, my father wanted back in and that created some, uh, some internal, uh, you know, as I think any family business does. And for a couple of, for a couple of years, Tammy and I actually, uh, went out on the road and became, uh, sales reps. Uh, for a, a couple of industry distributors and industry manufacturers, and and uh, it actually did very well. It took a couple of years to get going because everybody was afraid that we were, you know, had Iron Pony background and that somehow we were, um, you know, trying to do that. But it, 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 we met so many wonderful people in the industry, uh, many people that now own or run distributors and manufacturers. Uh, but one thing that we that we really learned traveling around the country. Uh, is that no one was focusing on what Iron Pony was was focusing on, which was the parts and apparel and accessories. Almost all the dealers, even ones at large ones that were in big buildings and seen had a lot going on, they were focused on just selling units. And uh, it, it amazed us because we worked for so many apparel companies when we were th- these independent uh, uh, reps, and you would literally walk in stores with Z racks of your product and, and and sell them to customers that were coming in these dealers, and then the dealer would get mad at you. You'd ask, "Hey, can I sell this to the guy? I'll let you make forty percent." They'd say yes, and then they wouldn't pay you, and then they still wouldn't want to order any of the stuff. And in Tammy and I, just it, it's not that I think we're both very smart, but we just saw that opportunity. We were we were like, "Wow, you know how it, right there is is what we need to do," and. Uh, we uh, we got kind of lucky. We had two small iron pony stores in Columbus. We had the one at West World Road and 161, and we had one down at Eakin and Harrisburg Pike. And and uh, it's just because of luck, Walgreens, who you know was going around Columbus and what, and all these corners. Our store down there was a, like the third property in from a corner, and they didn't want us initially. And it ended up that because of some uh, you know, variances and, and, and right-of-ways that they ended up needing our property. And so uh, we owned some of that along with my father, and that kind of gave us the money to jump to a middle-sized, um, you know, to a middle-sized store. And uh, that, that you know, from the day we did that and put the inventory in it, you know, it took off. So it was everything that it did everything that we thought it would um, and, and then some, so. Wow. That, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Um, you, you know, in, and it just seems like you, you guys just keep evolving, you know, as, as things change, your offerings can, your, your breadth of services as well as products, it, it just keeps growing. 
And it's also the ability for you guys to see where those holes are. I think that's the truest example of an entrepreneur is to see where, not just where you have weaknesses and you need people to fill in those, but to see where the business is lacking and where you need to, where you see opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, we swore it was kind of interesting. You know, people don't believe it, but when we purchased this, uh, this Kmart facility, um, we didn't, weren't selling motorcycles. It was all parts, apparel, and accessories, uh, you know, for a store this large. And, and the only way that we got, and, and, and people will tell you this, uh, I said I will never never sell new motorcycles. I didn't want to and, and, and just was kind of against it. And when the housing bubble hit in, you know, 06, 07, maybe even into early 08, um, a lot of the dealerships around Columbus that were not well run and, and probably I, I, you know, I never try to grow my business and hurt someone else's, but probably, you know, we had absorbed a lot of their, uh, you know, parts, apparel, accessory business. Um, they were all hurting and, and started kind of going out of business one after another. And, and uh, we bought one and, and, and we didn't even have our dealer license yet on it. And the next one down the road went out of business and, uh, you know, one thing led to another and, and Pretty much uh, over the last 12 years, I think every year we've added at least one, if not two, uh, new OEMs, you know, to the business. And, and uh, uh, you know, then we had to add on to a Kmart store. Who would have ever guessed that? And we're, we're you know, we're probably out of space, you know, again now. So, uh, but, it, you know, it was timing. And, and like you both said, it, you know, it was it was looking for the opportunity that existed. You know, we, we watched how other dealers in the motorcycle industry did business. And we said, Hey, we, we, you know, if we ever do this, we want to do it differently. And I think we've done a good job of doing it differently. And, and now we're starting to see other dealers around the state starting to uh, imitate some of the things that, that, that we did, which is, you know, not charging outlandish uh, extra fees for buying motorcycles and, and, and things like that. So I, I you know, I, I think we've forced some other dealers, you know, at least in our market area to, I hate saying that's up their game, but at least change because, you know, we were continuing to lead ideas and, and, and things that, you know, that, you know, kind of almost forcing them to follow now. One thing I know about you and Tammy, you are just that you're genuine to to the nth degree. And um, I do think that comes through in the way you run your business. So I, I, I want to... And your whole team. Yeah, I want I really want to focus on the fact that what... It's not just about the ability to change. I guess I, I want to kind of focus a little bit on... You said you, cha- you changed the way that you sold motorcycles or that motorcycle... Uh, dealers dealt with business. We're seeing that happen in the car industry, but specifically just being honest, transparent, and just a very basic in the way that you sell to people, they appreciate it. Absolutely. And I, I, you know, I think that, um, you know, the thing that we've done in the motorcycle industry that it it, it sounds crazy if you, if you're looking at it from a larger industry or you work for a larger employer is, uh, you know, we instituted um, things like, you know, health insurance and, and, and vision insurance and, and dental insurance and 401ks, you know, decades ago. And like some of our employees, that, like you mentioned, that have been with us 20 or 25 or 30 years now, you know, they got in our 401k, uh, you know, early um, and, and, and how well they're doing there, you know, in an industry that, that they love. But, you know, in the motorcycle industry, there's still very few players. I, I can't tell you how many times we uh, go to interview someone that's that's been at another dealership, and when we start talking about you know uh, healthcare and 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 four hundred one, they're just you know you can kind of see that that you know huh 
and you know, it's like, no, this is a real business and we have real, you know, real time off and we have real <laughs> benefits. And, and the, and the idea is it's something that you like to do. I, I, you know, I think all of us, I hope most people, um, uh, you know, would get back to, you know, t- doing a job that they love. I know maybe some of the younger crowd, uh, I think the term's chasing paper where they, you know, always follow the money. Uh, you know, if you find a job that you like in an industry that you like, it, 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 you know, and, and you're putting money away for your retirement and, you're, and, you're, and you've got good health care and you've got good, uh, you know, good number of days off and, and someone like, you know, Tammy and I and, I, you know, and Corey, obviously that, um, you know, we treat everyone like family, hundred mm-hmm. uh, percent. Oh, absolutely! And you know, we're always here. We're always, uh, you know, we, you know, we'll all, always will help out. You know, if the company can, and and I think that shows uh, shows through. And then, and uh, you know, we like I was looking the other day, and we've had a couple uh, employees hit over thirty years now with us, but we've got a bunch of twenty five and a bunch over twenty and a ton over ten. So, uh, in the motorcycle industry, that's not normal. Uh, I actually when I was a, when I was a yeah, well, I, I, you know, when I was when when I was a road rep, I was trained by a, a gentleman that I worked for a really neat company out of out of Rhode Island back in the day, and and uh, he said, hey, when you go into a motorcycle dealership, meet the parts manager, definitely meet the assistant parts manager, but also meet the the person cleaning the floor. And I said, why is that? And he goes, because when winter hits, they get rid of the parts manager because he's making too much. They hire the assistant. And then they bring the floor guy up to be the assistant, and 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 I cannot tell you how many times wow. that held true. And and it, and that's when Tammy and I, after a year or two, started doing really well when we were independent reps, because all those people that we took the time to show product to when they did, you know, become the parts manager of a you know the dealership, they remembered that we cared, and and you know team members have been with us a long time, they know that Tammy and I have done every job, including cleaning the restrooms, including answering the phones, including running, you know, uh, running deposits to the bank, including staying late for that customer that, you know, can't be in for an hour and a half past close. Um, you know, they know that we did that. And it's, it's, it's very fulfilling when you hear one of them tell one of our newer team members, you know, Hey, you don't understand, you know, you know, watch out. Tammy's going to be down here. <laughs> you're you're, you're going to have a hard time keeping up. <laughs> Well, you know, and again, it goes to that team culture. Um, and and I think that had a lot to do with um, how you guys were able to deal with last year, because I remember talking with with you, I think it was towards the end of April. And, um, you know, that's when, you know, things were crazy. April 2020, you know, no one really knew what was going on. You know, so how did you deal with that? How did you guys kind of you know, not just survive, but kind of um, really make it happen and, and take care of everyone on your team. How did you guys do that? Well, I, and I remember that phone call, and, it, and you were right. I was uh, I was definitely uh, uh, very uh, uh, nervous is, is probably an understatement for what was going on. The timing of COVID last year, the pandemic couldn't have been worse for us because, you know, we are still somewhat of a seasonal business. So we were just coming out of, you know, many winter months, uh, you know, of, of little to, you know, not strong cash flow. And we were staffed. We, you know, that our hiring event, it, 
that late January went well. We had brought on probably another 20 or 25 people that we are now training at a loss. Uh, we had millions and millions of dollars worth of uh, parts and accessory inventory that had come in. A large distributor had gone bankrupt uh, the, the December before, and we bought the majority of their inventory. So we had, I don't know, 350 skids of, of merchandise that had just hit the door and then millions of dollars worth of motorcycles, you know, of course, gearing up for the spring. And then, boom, we were closed down. And, uh, you know, the one mistake that we made and we've corrected it now is that we didn't have a centralized uh, employee portal for information. And then the problem is, it's like you said, nobody really knew what was going to go on. And then um, after a couple of uh, a couple of weeks of uh, being mostly closed down, we did get our service department uh, back geared up because we they were considered essential. And and uh, we you know we got back our, our main mechanics and a couple of our uh, uh, service riders and got that kind of going. And then we brought in a couple of uh, parts people and we were doing curbside you know, pick up for parts and we were just started selling bikes again by appointment. And we could see by the demand for the bikes by appointment that, you know, we felt that, you know, if we could get back open, things are going to be pretty good. And so we kind of um, stocked the course and, and, and we got lucky. We, we were right on that edge of, you know, are we completely essential or not? Uh, but we just made, you know, we got okay that we were, uh, but then, you know, we had to do some things within our store. Uh, you know, we had to create some wider aisles to make sure we had pro- appropriate social distancing. And back then, of course, trying to find enough sanitizer and enough masks and enough plexiglass and, and all those things were, were really, really tough. And uh, the PPP, we did do a, a PPP early. It was absolutely perfect for what Iron Pony needed to get back on its feet because it gave us some, uh, that initial push of some, uh, uh, you know, some cash flow to get out and buy, you know, what ended up being thousands and thousands of dollars worth of, you know, plexiglass and, and having some of our facilities people, um, you know, build that plexiglass on the counters and, you know, get all the, the floor mark for social distancing, finding masks because we wanted to give away masks, uh, you know, and back then trying to just find them was, um, uh, yeah, you know, impossible. Was getting enough hand yeah. sanitizer. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I mean, I remember paying $60, you know, per <laughs> gallon of hand sanitizer that you're going through. And, and we had to create, you know, all kinds of new protocols, you know, at the time, you know, you had to, you had to clean every single shopping cart. Yes, we have shopping carts at a motorcycle dealership, which, People can't believe, but, you know, we have plenty of them. And, and uh, uh, you know, how do we get each one of those um, done? We had to work with our facilities people to make sure, you know, uh, bathrooms and, and, you know, high-touch surfaces, all the things that the CDC originally did. And so we really weren't sure what was going to happen, but we did get back open May 1st. And, and I, I tell you, from the second we opened back up, it, it was um, unbelievable. And, and, you know, our team, uh, you know, we had so many of our employees that, you know, just wanted to come to work for free while we were shut down. Wow. You know, I mean, we, we basically had to tell them to go home. Um, well, they awesome. don't, they're like, we don't care. We just want to be here to help. And, and, and uh, I, you know, I can't wait. I just, I certainly hope that this, uh, you know, this year we can have a, uh, you know, an Iron Pony Christmas party like we normally do, because I'm going to take some of those people that, uh, you know, went out of the way like that. We're going to make sure they get even more rewarded for what they did. And, and we did a, like what, what so many uh, top, uh, and employers around, we we basically kind of instituted a hero pay 
um, you know, for everybody, hourly and salary employees, once we saw how we were doing and how well we were doing, um, it, it was amazing. But, you know, our, our industry, like so many, you know, we had huge supply chain issues. And uh, I think one of the things that really helped us through is that we had so much inventory here front loaded um, that we were able to, to, to do it. But our, you know, our, our team here and our community supported us um, beyond what we could have ever imagined. Well, so I mean, how has your 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 marketing changed? Uh, you know, because I, I I know marketing has always been big for you guys. I mean, <laughs> I remember the, the the TV commercial from years ago, which you know I just the famous hillbilly TV. Commercial. Oh, I loved it! I loved it. You know, it's, of course, because you know I'm a hillbilly, so it it you know it warmed my heart. <laughs> that was actually uh, it, was, it was so funny that 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 and I still to this day I think those TV ads really really were one. Of the, the things that really helped us grow. That was kind of a, a, a crazy idea that uh, I had because we're like, how do we differentiate Iron Pony from a dealer? And and so the, the concept kind of came up for a. You know, we set up. We we took some old counters from our old original store in the back of our our, our middle store and made a you know kind of a crappy looking motorcycle dealership, which uh, still <laughs> some in, in our market area may or may not be, but. Uh, but it, it, and we hired a professional actor and we had a, a, a local uh, uh, media company come in. And, and the idea was this guy was bringing in a magazine and, and he's like, hey, I just bought my bike here last week. I'm looking for this helmet. And, you know, the parts person would say, you know, I don't have those. You know, Iron Pony might have them as kind of a direct dig <laughs> at, at dealerships that don't stock helmets. And and and. And it was, and it, we filmed it a couple of times uh, it, it, with some professional actors, and it kind of went okay. And we, at the time, we had this good customer um, that was friends with a, a, a gentleman that worked with us, and and, uh, and we said, "Hey, Hillbilly, get in there and do do a take of that." And, and you know, and he was the parts guy, and he's like, "You know, we ain't got no Iron Pony, Mike got them or something." And we all fell out of our chair, and and, and uh, it was. It, 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 it was, was awesome. It, it went it on. Awesome. Yeah, it went on to. We did all kinds of them with. Uh, and Joe uh, actually shortly thereafter came on um, as our facilities manager for quite a few years, and it's still a, a good friend of the company. And, and uh, you know, we still kidded about doing those. You know, doing those spots. But you know, we, what we really did in the early years is we did some radio. But I really felt that the uh, the cable TV. Uh, insertion TV ads into you know things that, that our demographic were one of the things that really really helped us uh, grow initially and but you know in the last couple of years we've really moved to you know almost all digital now mm-hmm. um, we still do some TV insertion if there's a, a, a motorcycle race or an outdoor type show you'll you'll still see some of our uh, TV insertion stuff but the you know there with with digital marketing, you know, we can hit so many different people. And now that we have 20 different brands between our two locations, um, each one of them has, uh, you know, digital assets and, and, and it, it's important to, you know, we take advantage of almost, you know, all of those, uh, you know, all of those type of things. And, and I hate saying it, you know, really since we've opened back up, we're really probably busier than the business that we can handle. And I, I hate saying that because I always want to be able to do more, but the, you know, the amount of phone calls and the amount of uh, floor traffic that we have, and we still have to be careful because we're still under some guidelines for a number of people in our store. Uh, 
you know, we can't really do a whole lot more than, than we are and looking at our phone bank uh, number of phone calls. I, I, uh, you know, it, it'd be impossible to answer, uh, you know, any more. And I'm probably not doing as good a job as we should be right now just doing so. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's been amazing since we opened back up. It, it, you know, it's, it's been busier than we could have ever imagined. And, and uh, you know, just, you know, we're one of the one of the lucky or you know lucky to be successful um, through this pandemic because I know there's a lot of businesses that haven't you know haven't fared as well and, uh, and we're continuing to you know try to think of, the hardest thing is you know we want to reward all of our team but because we can't get them all together to do uh, team events and you know go to, it makes it tough so we're doing a lot of things like you know buying lunches or trying to get groups uh, where we're allowed to off to uh, you know off to ride and again trying to you know trying to do some hero pays or trying to do as many fun things um, we've kind of engaged our, our, our marketing team to come up uh, almost every month with a with a new you know one of our competitors thought it was a good idea to put a billboard across from our, our uh, building and so we did an internal fun thing that let, let's improve their billboard and you know, the team members really got behind it and you know, and and, and uh, that that worked out really well. When we had a big snow pile out front, you know, we had a you know what day will it be fully melted and win some money. And so those you know trying to get, get as much engagement as we can. But it's that's what's really tough is that we can't get the whole team or groups, large groups of the team together to do you know bowling nights and golf nights and mm-hmm. and things like that that we would normally do. Yep, that team bonding stuff that is is huge. So yeah. Well, and you know, as as busy as you guys have been, you know, over the last year, and and you know, you and Tammy, you know, building this from the ground up, from where you started to where it's at now. I mean, how do you, what what have you guys done, you and Tammy, to you know, really create a that work life balance? Because you know, it's it's it's. It's hard to do as an entrepreneur or business owner. And so, especially you just sitting there talking about the fact that you have more business than I imagine that means that you guys are staying late a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we were much better about it. That's what I was going to say. Is, you know, Tammy and I and, 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 and Corey still and probably now my son and, and a lot of our team, I, I wouldn't say we probably work too much. I, I guarantee you we worked uh, too much for almost all of our business life. Um, the big change for Tammy and I came about four years ago. We, through a, a mutual friend, found a, a cabin down in Hideaway Hills, Ohio. And we discovered um, a, a number of people down there that we like to socialize with. They have a little golf course and five fishing lakes. And the best part of all of it is they've got 31 miles of private roads that you're allowed to ride your ATVs yeah. side wow. by sides on. <laughs> So, hey, let's not promote that. We're looking down there. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait till uh, we buy wait. a place. <laughs> there, there was a uh, well, and that's how I kind of found it. Is uh, you know, we were Tammy and I were you know, we we're like, hey, we've got to find something to you know, uh, you know, get out of the business. And we were looking for a small cabin with maybe some acreage. And, and uh, through a friend, we one of the big realtors out of Hideaway Hills, you know, kept saying, hey, brother, come down and you know, check out my cabin. And we did one night and we kind of fell in love with the place. And it, it, it's funny now, our, uh, our, our outside IT people came down one time. He's got a cabin down there. Or what's our corporate council came down there one time. He's got a cabin down there. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 yeah. I don't want that getting out uh, too much, but that's really, 
you know, that's really changed our, um, you know, our lives uh, tremendously because we do find that we're, we're making time now to get away from the business and get down there. And what we find is after we've been down there for a couple of days and we come back, I think we're probably more energized, although we probably drive everybody nuts um, <laughs> when we get back. Cause we, we go down there and think of all kinds of ideas and come back and want to implement them right away. And uh, But that's, that's, you know, for a long time, we probably didn't have as good a life balance and both of our children, you know, really grew up inside of the business and, and, uh, you know, we, we probably focused too much time, but what we did growing up with our, our kids is if we went to industry events or things like that, as long as it was appropriate for our kids to go, they, you know, they went with us. So we turned, you know, say a trade show for a supplier that maybe was, you know, in, uh, Fort Lauderdale or something, we would, you know, stay a couple extra days with our kids and, and, you know, try to do as much stuff like that. But, but this business really, you know, I, I, is our life, was our life. And, and, uh, um, for, I, again, it's rewarding. I've heard some of our, some of our top managers tell other people, uh, you know, Hey, you, you know, you don't realize how many seven day a week, um, for geez, from the time I was 18 to, probably 40, you know, it was seven days a week and I had to do all the purchasing, all the receiving, all the marking, plus I had to work all the hours that we were open. And, uh, you know, anytime we would go do events, you know, you have to load up the trailer and, and you know, go do uh, so many of those type of things. Mm -hmm. And uh, the people that have been here a long time, they definitely remember it. So we, you know, but we are putting in less hours um, now and have turned over, you know, more day day operations to Corey and, you know, are in our top, our top managers. Well, and that's kind of why I think um, having that family environment at the office where you can depend on people, where you know that you can They've leave got your back. and they're going to care for it like you were there. So I, I think that's a testament to what you guys have built. So um, again, I really appreciate the time today, Chris, because I do think we all gain little pieces of information from your successes, as well as some of the, the downtimes to learn um, how to be prepared if something like this were to happen again or something similar. And Chris, yeah, we, we really do appreciate it. Um, and, and how can people uh, learn more about you guys? Where are you guys located? How can, you know, how can they find you? Well, the easiest way is probably uh, ironpony.com. Um, we're the main store, our large store, uh, is at Westerville Road and 161, uh, you know, just south of Westerville, you know, here northeast Columbus. And, and we also have a smaller dealership up on Ashland Road in Mansfield, but ironpony.com can get you to all of the, um, different things going on. And, and our main store is open, uh, seven days a week and, and, uh, we sell all the brands where if you've got a motorcycle or think about getting a motorcycle or an ATV or side by side, call us. Awesome. We're going to have you all linked up also to our podcast. But if um, if you know of a small business in the Columbus area that we should learn a little bit more about how they overcame this last difficult year, please let us know. Ed is always saying when difficult times hit, it's important to have a plan. We build plans for our clients to help avoid the anxiety of what comes next when bad things happen. And as we know, sometimes those bad things do happen. 2020 is an example of how um, we have watched businesses make these, uh, put these plans in place and follow them through and through. So anyway, small businesses need a plan and need to prepare for the unknowns. Um, we're looking to support and grow and learn more about these small businesses made it, who made it through 2020. So if you have a small business success story, please give us a call at 614-526-4118 or email us at info at egsi.com. 
Find out more about us on our website, which is www.egsifinancial.com. Thanks so much, Chris, for this time. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Ed. Yep. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Absolutely. you tested your fitness level, not your workout routine. I'm talking about your financial endurance, because if saving to a 401k is the extent of your effort, it is time for you to start shaping up. And Ed Sedell is here to help you do that with the retirement trainer. It's his podcast to help you examine your financial stamina and learn the questions you should be asking and areas to focus on to help you get to that place you've been working so hard for a happy, comfortable retirement. And it's not as hard as some might have made you believe. Ed's broken it down into five simple steps. It's the retirement fitness plan, which he personally created to help clarify key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan at egsifinancial.com. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to the retirement trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. Investment advisory services offered through EGSI Investment Management, DBA EGSI Financial Group, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through EGSI Financial Services, Inc., Ohio license number 102061. Nine.